If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Arthur. Can you say Rob Beckett? I can't. Say Rob Beckett. No, I can't. Can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe! Oh, it looks like Arthur's got his favourite. You'll notice you can only hear my voice, listeners. That's because Josh Widdicombe is currently late. So I'll let you know who that was. Um, This is my son Arthur, age three, who in the second week of lockdown... (laughs) <laughs> snuck an orange highlighter pen off the table and decided to colour his entire willy with it. <laughs> to make matters worse, he must have really enjoyed the sensation of colouring his knob in, as my six-year-old daughter said. Why is his willy so big and standing up like that? I was mortified. My friends, however, thought it was hilarious and often refers to the lockdown highlighter dick incident. I think, I mean, that, it's a weird thing to read out on your own when your co-host is currently trying to get an Uber back from the nursery drop-off. But alas... I've had to deliver the highlighter dick news solo because Josh Widdicombe, uh, listeners, is um, he's he's been a busy boy this last week. He's recording hypothetical, but he's running late and he's texted me running late trying to get an Uber in the rain. And the thing with Josh is he is one of the most disorganised people on paper. You know, when you listen to his comedy, everything's really well written, isn't it, and structured, but he's actually incredibly disorganised, and he is running late. So I am... Oh, what's he sent? Oh, no, he sent me a photo of the inside of an Uber. Okay, what's your what's your ETA? What will happen is, guys, I can guarantee that Josh will turn up in a panic and a stress to record this, but still have a hot cup of tea that he's made before the recording. He's one of those people, sorry I'm late, but turns up at the meeting of the Starbucks. So um, while he's waiting, I should deliver some information that we've got, guys. Um, for Josh's Wi-Fi, 9.15, you... At, okay, sorry, we're, it's, it's currently 9.09, and he's going to be another six minutes. He also said he's got to leave bang on... We're recording 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. today, guys. Sorry, to, does it feel like a normal show? I'm really, I'm really exposing the engine under the car bonnet of life for us at the moment. Shall I record a voice memo you can play? Yeah, go on. Yes, please. I'll reply yes. 
Anyway, so the thing is with Josh, right? He's uh, yeah, he's surprisingly disorganised. Josh, he's just sent a message here. Yeah? Let's, let's see what he's saying. Still uh, in the rain in the taxi, so uh, I'm coming as fast as I can. But I'm not going to lie, having to update my Uber app really. I mean, that's that's added two minutes on straight away. <laughs> okay. Also, what are the ethics with uh, drinking a tea when wearing a mask in a cab? I knew he had a cup of tea. I knew it. <laughs> How have you got a cup of tea? Also, what's annoying me at the moment is he keeps mentioning the rain. Like, oh, I'm in the rain, in the cab. As if the rain is holding him up. It's not a snowstorm. It's not a sandstorm. An Uber can drive through the rain. Anyway, he's, he's on his way, people. But it's weird. When you watch Josh's comedy, I think Josh is an excellent stand-up. He's, you know, everything's so well written and measured and thought about. But in his life, it's all falling apart. I often describe Josh Widdicombe's stand-up as, like, damp. When you see him live, you he sort of slowly builds. He's so well put together, right? You sort of don't even know it's happening. You don't even realise comedy's happening. But before you know it, just like damp, if you leave it long enough, it dominates the room. And, I, you know, and I think that, I'd always say that's one of his greatest strengths as a comic. He's like the comedy equivalent of damp. He sent another memo. Got the tea because I needed to go inside to sit down, uh, to because the, the Uber was six minutes away and I had to update the app and I didn't want to just stand in the rain, so I had to buy a tea for that reason. Okay, that's fair enough. He's had to buy a tea to get... Oh, what is he doing? <sighs> Sorry, people. But don't fear. I come loaded with great anecdotes for parenthood that I'll smash out as soon as I sit down. It sounds like he's drunk or on drugs. Um, right, I'll just tell you this one little thing and then he should be here in a minute. Um... We've had a lot of people message in saying sans crotch fruit doesn't mean you've had your bollocks cut off. It means no fruits from your crotch and you've decided to remain childless. Just to confirm he's not been castrated. Right, I think he's I think he's here, people. Hello. Jo Hello. Jo yes. Sorry. Josh. Hello. I right. do apologise. Hugely unprofessional. Can I, can I just say a few things have happened there? One, I've just said how you were the one who said you had to do between 9am and 10am today because you're, you're busy. The 10am the was the uh, bit that was the, the most inconcrete of those two times, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, really? Well, how comes... Why, what time is school drop-off? Uh, well, the, the traffic's got really bad on the way to... And I, I'm not going to lie, Rob. A lot of the, uh, the cabbies seem to think that um, Sadiq Khan has intentionally closed some of the roads to make my journey worse. They, that's the implication of a lot of the cabbies I'm working with at the moment. Well, I, I in their defence, there are roads shut, and I say, there are roads road shut. shut, and they go, COVID. And I just don't, that's not an answer. No. You can't shut a road for COVID, can you? Why? And I'm not going to lie, there's not much social distancing. These cars are bumper to bumper. <laughs> um, um, so what time is drop-off? It's meant to be eight, but I dropped her off at eight thirty. Well, it's not Why? meant to be eight. It's from eight. It's from eight. From eight. What happened? That you just got delayed this morning, did you? No, she won't. She. We bought her, and this is a great investment. Um, yeah, it's a, really paying off at the moment. Twenty minutes late to work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it plays uh, a thing where you. It plays the Gruffalo and start stories. It, the Gruffalo, read by Melda Staunton, who's obviously one of our great actresses as well. No idea so, she is, but I'll take that word for it. Yeah, yeah, she's very good, Rob. Well, you uh, stiff next lover. I'm a Sheridan Swift girl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, that sums us up. You're a Melda Staunton, I'm Sheridan Swift. If you want The Snail and the Whale, read by Gemma Collins, I'm sure you can get it, Rob. But um, <laughs> That would be a great read, Rob. It's got a boring person who went to RADA. The GC thought the snail was a bit of a diva. I wanted to travel. 
Um, so, but she can play stories in the morning now. Okay. And she's got a big bed now, so she's got so she's got the ability to sleep in further than she did previously. I.e., be awake, but we don't realize she's awake. Okay. Right? And I didn't set my alarm, so oh, we got up, up at, at twenty five past seven. Oh yeah, that's quite a quick turnaround, isn't it? So yeah, a bit late. Okay, fair. Um, also, I did describe your comedy like damp. Uh, well, damp, gone. damp. I should do some stuff on damp. That's really yeah, my... you, you would know, but the way you deliver it, I was saying because someone who's very all, disorganized. You're, actually, your comedy is very structured and very well put together, and it sneaks up on you like damp, where <laughs> you don't even notice it. It's that starting, and before you know it, it dominates the room. And it's all yeah. anyone can talk about in the room. Like, oh my God, they're smashing it. But I think that but is that fair? Also, yeah, yeah. And there's also, it's actually, it's quite financially difficult to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've paid for the ticket now. I might as well sit here. <laughs> it was a compliment though, Josh. Yeah, you thank said. you. Thank um, you. Also, um, the bio has gone, you need a power line adapter for your Wi-Fi, apparently. A lot of IT people have got in touch in between. Um, a power line playing, adapter? Uh, like going to the games workshop, or whatever it is they do. Um, it's got a power line adapter. It's like an electric cable that you have and you think you just plug straight into your computer. I'm just go- Googling it now. Mm. There we, we go. Could, we could wait till after the episode, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, yeah. This is one of the least <laughs> professional mornings I've ever had. <laughs> 25 minutes late, just Googling power line adapters. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Um, there's a there's a write-up of the Man U game from last I'm just going to read that, Rob, and then I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you. A power line adapter, I've tried it. Oh, my God. Your wife... Oh, there's going to be absolute IT nerds jizzing at the thought of trying to solve this for you now, Josh. You know that. Yeah, well, they're more than welcome to um try. Where are you recording from today, though? It's the like, kitchen. It's like, the kitchen. It's a bit like... When, with you, it's a bit like Joe Wiley on Radio 2. It's like, oh, live from Abbey Road or live from like, the live. It's always, always somewhere new. If only they had Wi-Fi in the back of an Uber. That would be absolutely perfect for me. <laughs> this is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge going to make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Whether you're making a delicious family meal or a post-workout snack, choose the farm-fresh taste of Eggland's best eggs. Only Eggland's best hens are fed their proprietary all-vegetarian feed. That's what makes their eggs more nutritious. With 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 6 times more vitamin D compared to ordinary eggs. Eggland's Best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com to learn more. Um, Josh, how's your week been? Uh, fine. We've, we've taken a step backwards in potty training. Okay, go on. So it, it was a very good start in that. So she, the wheeze she was doing in the potty, and then she went straight to poos in the toilet. Oh, there was no potty situation. I was like, this is amazing. And now she's gone back. She's decided to take a step back to pooing into the potty. Oh, which is a heartbreak. It's what's the technique for getting rid of it? I go for just. I basically just slam it down the toilet. I sort of bang it down the toilet. And yeah, then I, and then I wipe it. With a tissue and put it down the toilet. Yeah. And then a wet wipe if it's stubborn. And then wash my hands and then have a yoghurt. Don't know why I have a yoghurt. <laughs> just don't have always done. It's got to become part of my... Yeah, part of your regime. Part of the ceremony of it, do you know what I mean? 
Well, um, <laughs> so that's that's been all right. She got scratched at nursery. Oh, what evil little bastard did it? Do you know? Well, they never tell you, do they? They, they don't never tell, tell you. But uh, you know. turns out we've got a snitch in our midst. Oh, she she told us. She Good. grasped. Yeah. What's your vibe towards that child now? Because I could, I could, I think I could slap a child. I, I also like the, I like the knowledge that I know who it is. I'd never um, hit a child, by the way, I should just clarify. I'd never hit a f- child through like disciplining or like, you've got to do this. So I think I'd, I've never done that and I never would, but I would violently revenge slap a kid. <laughs> I think that's different. Is that, is that a fair headline? <laughs> or a good kick, just a good kick up the ass. Like David Beckham on Simeone, like like a kind of just yeah, an off the ball out. kind of. There you go. Or Let just like, I'm just look, I look like I'm trying to pick my kid up, but little elbow, little elbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would. I have. I've never done it. Been very tempted in a soft play when there's always that mad lunatic kid that is too big, running around screaming, and like I just think little trip sort of slam up a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. A bit like I feel like a footballer in the seventies. Just put a bit on them early doors, and it takes the wind out of sails. That's what you do at soft play. Get a reducer in early. Let them know you're there, <laughs> yeah. and then they know that they're in a the game. Then they no, know no, they that... know that they can't have free run at the centre. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> it ain't nothing bad. They won't. They don't know like injury, but just a little hello. Just let them know you're there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I've got a funny update about you know what? I gave a shout out to my brother, the broccoli barber. Oh right? yeah. Anyway, loads of people followed him, so thank you for doing that. But loads of people messaged us going, they were searching for the broccoli barber. Wait, bro- right, we should have we should have got that. We should have we should have started that Instagram. <laughs> the broccoli barber. Then they obviously hadn't heard of broccoli in South East London. It's a place. But yeah. they were looking for the broccoli barber. My brother didn't know that I gave him the shout out, and he thought he was getting loads of weird bots because he got loads of followers. <laughs> and the first one was about three, four in the morning. And then he realised it was all the mums and dads getting up early listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, we should start love. the Broccoli Barber. Um, also, I've got another thing. My mum's complained oh, no. about the giant doll that she bought for my daughter when she was born because I was saying she was desperate to have chip, like, yeah. daughters in the family. Um, she said it wasn't from a market. It was from an actual shop. But she did agree it was actually bigger than the baby she bought it for. I think that's the key point. The market, yeah. I don't care if that's the market. The market wasn't the detail I remembered. The fact you've been given a toy that's bigger than your child was, was, was what I was getting at. But anyway, so yeah, I stand corrected, mother. It wasn't from a market. I've got uh, another update on my life. I did oh, go yeah. to the zoo on Sunday. Oh, yes. Which was, have you been to the zoo? L- London, London Zoo. London? Yeah, um, why yeah, I'm, not? It's I'm a, a classic. I'm a bit with zoos because I'd feel like they might be mean, but my kids love them. I think the London Zoo, they're pretty ethical. There's a picture of David Attenborough opening an enclosure. He's not going to oh, stick I'm his name to something bad. I'm sick well, of him, Josh. You need to really see which way the wind's blowing on this one, Rob. Yeah, but I don't care. I know everyone loves him and he's old, but, and I think he's great, but I just feel like, I, I know that you're not mentioning anything here. It's, I feel like Miriam Margulies on Last Leg at the moment. <laughs> But I, I, I do think it's great what he's doing, but I just feel like fucking retire. Let someone else have a go at it. He's yeah. done. He has done animals on BBC for eighty years. Let's. Uh, do you know? Bloody I, Andy I think, Safari Adventure, just sitting there going, "Come on, mate, it's my turn soon." And I'm going to say it, Josh. I've got a chip on my shoulder about it because whenever I watch Planet Earth, those how it was made things infuriate me. It's always. A white middle class bloke that went to university going, oh, yeah, actually, uh, me and Rupert sat out here for eight days to try and see the draft. And I felt like, let someone else have a fucking go. 
Do you know what I mean? It's never a geezer watching it, is it? So like, yeah, me and Gary have been here a week, actually. He's put the scaffold up. Yeah, not seen a giraffe. But it's all, I just, I just feel like, let other people might engage with the environment if other people are allowed to fucking learn about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't dislike Attenborough, but I just think take someone else with you when you're doing it. Because who else is going to take over from him? I always get the feeling with those how it was made things as well. It really does show up how little Attenborough's doing. I mean, he just turns up in a big coat. He just turns up. I mean, to be fair, he is 93, but he just turns up in a big coat and tells everyone off for how bad it is. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my best here, Attenborough. Do you know what I mean? I'm washing out the yogurt pots. What more What more can I do? <laughs> that is a lot of yogurt pots. Um, <laughs> the amount of shit my kids do. <laughs> our producer has just uh, got broccoli underscore barber on Instagram. So if anyone oh, wants to follow broccoli underscore barber, <laughs> just photos of broccoli. I wonder whether it, just photos of people cutting broccoli, really. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, broccoli underscore barber. I mean, it'd be really upsetting for Joe's new venture. The the broccoli barber has more followers than the broccoli barber. <laughs> if we can get to that state, I'd absolutely love it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I went to the zoo. Yeah, how was the zoo? Sorry. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Saw giraffe. Saw, saw a tiger. Oh yeah. I still think at three, they're too young to realise quite how unlikely it is that they're going to see a giraffe in the middle of London. You want to go, come on, mate, that giraffe shouldn't be here. But they're just like, yeah, of course a giraffe's here. It's in my book. Do you know what I mean? It's here because at some point, some mental Victorian circus had him jumping off a trampoline. His granddad. Now he's here. See, this, this this is why they use people from university for nature documentaries. Yeah, because they lie about what's happening. Oh, we got, we're doing that. No, this is some mad bastard <laughs> bought that from Harrods 80 years ago. And now you've got it. That's why it's here. I've never been to Harrods. Never been to Harrods. You could buy a lion from Harrods in the 70s. You could buy a lion from Harrods in the 70s? Yes. We're not on Would I Lie to you, Rob. <laughs> Do you know in Denmark, they um, butcher giraffes in front of school kids and then feed them to the lions? What? When they've got too many giraffes so they can't be rehomed or released into the wild, they just kill them and give the meat to the lions. Why do they need the school kids there? To, to teach them about what, an, teach anatomy. Them not to have too many giraffes? Well, like, the UK have got a weird relationship with animals where the rest of the world are seen a bit more like, it's just an animal and we've got to kill it. <laughs> Essentially, Jeremy. Is that the UK having a weird relationship with the animals, Rob? <laughs> well, they, no, the way we are with dogs and cats in the UK is very different. In, like, Brazil, my, my mate's husband's Brazilian, and it's just like, you have a cat and a dog, it lives outside. It's not part of the family. And it's very separate where we humanise animals a lot, I think. Rob, I was I was recording another podcast. I mean, I did mention it on that, but I should, I, I, I'll mention it on this because it, it does play into the fact I was having to do it in the kitchen. Yeah. I was interviewing uh, the footballer Neville Southall. Oh, yeah. Like a Zoom call style yeah. thing. And then... Um, he, didn't mur- he didn't murder a draft, did he, mid-interview? Yeah, he did, actually. No, he <laughs> rung his neck. Um, but <laughs> Big-handed. Big-handed bastard, Southall. I've always said it. Um, my cat jumped up onto the sideboard in the kitchen and I couldn't do anything because I had to pretend to be part of the interview and just started licking the butter dish, the oh, butter. Oh. And I'm just sat there and all I'm doing is watching it and I can't do anything about it. Absolutely paralysed. What, what, the the what did the devil say? Well, I didn't know. I didn't bring it up because I was like, I don't want to ruin the interview. By I'd look unprofessional and you know how I hate that. So I was just sat there during the interview and in the, behind my laptop, I could just see a cat licking all of the butter in the butter dish. <laughs> oh, so they couldn't see it on your screen? No, he couldn't see oh, it. Oh, but you just had to watch it. <laughs> I'm just sat watching the cat licking the butter in yes. the butter dish. See, in Scandinavia, they would have um, killed that cat and uh, <laughs> fed it to the foxes. <laughs> 
and that's and that's that's why they're such you know world power. Well, it caused a lot of controversy in Denmark the the giraffe killing, which I don't, I don't did think, it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but in Denmark, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, never buying Lego again after that. Yeah, I know, but uh, but yeah, I'm not saying I'm pro giraffe killing, but I was just uh, no, I did, I did. But you could you buy a lions in the seventies in Harrods. Surely you have to pre-order. They're not there, right? <laughs> I think they were. <laughs> I do honestly think they had cubs in there, like you could go and play with and buy, like you would in a pet shop. Oh my word! Yeah, didn't Grace Jones ride a tiger in Studio Fifty Four in the seventies? Or have I made that up? That can't be true. I don't know, but I do think we should probably talk about parenting in a minute. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> right, should I tell you about my week of parenting, Josh? It's been busy, yeah? So, basically, my daughter's obsessed with trying to count to 100, and it's the most oh, right, yeah. boring, infuriating task. It takes ages to count to 100. Yeah. <laughs> what has she got to? Well, she can, but she she get she does it all. But she like basically for some reason she can count all the numbers apart from the twenty nine, thirty nine, forty nine. So she does it all and got the twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and then she gets to twenty eight, and then she's like, uh, and like twenty nine. She goes twenty nine, and then she does it all, and she gets thirty nine. So I don't know why that nine's throwing her off. Or she goes, can we count to a hundred again? I'm like, no. Also, <laughs> gosh, I cannot tell him how to spell. Right? I don't oh, understand you're still in the phonics situation. The, yeah. So it said cafe was on the screen. She went, Daddy, how can I add, how do you spell cafe? And I went, C-A-F-E. And she went, what? And I went, I don't know how to tell you. And you, she wanted you to say cafe. But C's aren't always cur, because the cur is a K, isn't it? What oh, Jesus wept, Rob. Because a ceremony is not ceremony, is it? Cer- so C is a bit like an S, isn't it? Oh, God. It's I am awful. such a relic. Um, are we old? Yeah. All right. Can you work Snapchat? Can I work? Um, um, no. <laughs> no, me neither. I've got no idea what's happening. Have you reached the point where you're, you know, like when you're a kid and there'd be things like your your mum would struggle to work teletext and you'd think, I am never going to be that person. And now <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of relaxing into it and quite embracing. I, yeah, yeah you got, it's a balance though, isn't it? Because you don't want to be too far removed, but you don't want to look like, oh, hi guys, you know, I'm trying to be too trendy. Is there anything worse than someone who's in their 40s pretending that they like Dua Lipa? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, that re- really into grime. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, that last Dua Lipa album is great. But, um, yeah, but I have, gone, but I have gone off Wiley. Mate. So there we go. So that's one out of two. You've gone off Wiley. Oh, that was so funny. When I, Wiley used to be on my pre-show playlist, right? And then obviously the, the pandemic, I didn't gig for ages. And I just used my pre-show playlist like it before a show in August at the Open Air Theatre. And Wiley was on it. And I was like, quick, change your song. <laughs> I, I didn't know if we'd been cancelled or not. But I didn't know. I, I was like, oh, God. I mean, the song's great. Yeah, sure. But get, I don't know. Put some Kasabian on. That'll be fine. <laughs> oh, no, not him. God. <laughs> It's hard to keep up with who's awful because <laughs> I want to make a, a moral decision on it, but I can't. If you don't watch it, you can't imagine that. Like, because if you aren't really on social media, the Wiley thing was more of a social media story. It sort of yeah. broke through onto the main news, but didn't really. But it's so hard to know, isn't it? We've got to talk about parenting, Rob. Oh, yeah. Right. This is a good tip, right? If you want to feel better about your own parenting, have you ever watched Sam and Billy Fair's Mum Diaries, right? On ITVB. 
Uh, it's great. No, Rob, too busy uh, watching uh, stuff with Imelda Staunton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you ain't going to get your Staunton fix in this. But so basically, they are uh, the two uh, girls from Towie that are, you know, a bit older now and got kids. And it's all about their kids going to school and all that. So it's a mummy diaries, essentially. And um, so, so Sa- Billy Fares and her husband Greg are a bit more chilled and a bit more like, like fun and silly and stuff like that, where the Sam, the other sister, and her husband Paul are quite like, oh, our beautiful little baby. Everything's quite dramatic about their like, it's very like important and pure, this little kid, where, mm. you know. Anyway, so th- they're a bit more relaxed, the other brother, the other uh, sister. But then Sam, they, their kid, this is, uh, if you want to feel better about getting your kid to school, this is amazing. So it's his first day of school, young, it's called, <laughs> so the, the, there's Paul and Sam and their kid's called Paul. Paul Jr. Yeah. So he got two Pauls, right? Anyway, so it's his first day of school. He never really went to nursery, which is a big sort of thing in the show that he never went to nursery. And he still sleeps in the bed with the dad, I think, and stuff like that. I'm not sure. So he couldn't. they couldn't get him out of bed to get dressed to go to school. He's just laying in his bed and he's going, I don't want to go to school. And then the dad's standing there with him going, it's all right, son, don't worry, it'll be all right. And all this. And it's sweet, but you're like, just get him out of bed. He's got to go to fucking school here. You can't just lay, you know, oh, I don't want to go, oh, yeah, no, but get, get to fucking school, right? I, wouldn't, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't go to that level immediately, but you've got to, I think you've got to be a bit cruel yeah. to be kind sometimes to kids. Anyway, so you can't get them out of bed. So she phones the school. She phones the school, right, and goes, oh, yeah, um, we're just having a bit of trouble, actually, that he's not, we can't get him out of bed to get dressed. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> ringing a school, right? Oh, they go, yeah, he's a bit nervous. I mean, it's probably the fucking film crew in his bedroom that's worrying him. Yeah. <laughs> when did he wake up? At uh, 5am when the film crew knocked on the door to come in for light yeah. in the room? Yeah. They brought his flat white and croissant in at six, but he's still in bed. <laughs> right. So she phoned the school. And then the school's going, oh, well, you know, obviously going... Because this lunatic ringing me that the kid can't get dressed. Like, that is sending... If I'm a teacher, warning signs, that right? And she goes, yeah, just can't get him out of bed. And they go, well, just try your best. And if he's a bit late, it doesn't matter. Or if he just... We'd rather have him in, in his own clothes than the uniform, if it means that's all we can do. And then we can work on getting him dressed. Once he sees the kids, he might want to. But, you know, and all this. So they're being really nice at school. And then eventually, she goes... And then it cuts. Oh, we managed to get him out of bed. And, and he's off to school and then he's obviously half an hour late because when they drop yeah. off at the school, there's no cars, oh, there's, there's no traffic, there's no kids. And he goes in quite happy, right? And he comes over to school, really happy that it's gone well, right? Anyway, and then they're sitting there talking about it and they say to each other, oh, I can't believe it. I don't think that day could have gone any better. I was like, run <laughs> the school! You ran- couldn't have gone any better. You run the school to say he won't get out of bed and he was 20 minutes late to his first day. Of- it couldn't... I- it can, I you what, on time and he got dressed. I reckon it could have gone better. <laughs> and you know, you're watching it in just disbelief. I was just like, what do you mean it couldn't have gone any better? So do you watch this regularly? I loved it in the first series when they had little kids and it was a bit more traumatic because it made me feel better about like, oh yeah, God, yeah. you know, a bit like this podcast really where you see other people struggling a bit. But now their kids are a little bit older, especially with lockdown. I feel like on the show, they're sort of struggling with, for things to do with them. Because once right, the kids yeah. are in school... Really, I know there's yeah. weekends and stuff, but like I, I'm finding like once the kids are in school, like you, you just really love and cherish the time you've got with them at weekends. Yeah, sure. Let's have a chat about this at the end of half term because I already can feel my uh, tensions rising. But <laughs> the second break of lockdown, <laughs> yeah, the second wave of half term and the virus. Anyway, but I, I do like the show. I, I love it for those moments when they're a little bit 
in their own world little thing of like, it couldn't have gone better. I was like, yes, it could. But I just couldn't. I, it just made me laugh oh, so much. But yeah, it's quite a good amazing. watch. Um, yeah, I will watch it. I mean, I don't understand what you're going to do with that show once the pe- once the kids are in school. It's just going to be them basically sat at home, basically watching their own show. I think they are, well, one of the couples have just bought a family home that they're doing up. So that'll be right. the And I do think they want more kids, but I genuinely think they may have more kids for another series. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's like, I mean, cut, cut to this sort of like, this show petering out in 10 years' time and me and Lou have twins just to... <laughs> just to try and get it going. We've adopted triplets just for the listeners. <laughs> Michael Jordan was able to do was take it to that Babe Ruth place where basketball had become ingrained in the country's entire consciousness. The Air Jordan was something that transcended all these different borders that hadn't really been transcended before. The shoes gained very quickly a huge street value in American culture. And all of a sudden overnight, it was just like everybody wanted them. What the hell is a Nike doing? We're in now the 80s, and we're putting a black guy on television to sell shoes to white America. What he did in terms of global marketing and giving other black athletes a blueprint to do that was quite revolutionary. David Falk, to his credit, said, I got a name for this thing. It should be called Air Jordan. Michael always tells me it's the first and the last great idea I ever had. It was like what the Beatles were, people screaming, and then you had Michael Jordan. You had Paul and John roll into one. They'd hoped to sell $3 million worth of shoes, and they sold $126 million the first year. No one did for marketing what Nike and Michael did for marketing. Nobody. Everything he was doing correlated to those shoes, and we bought into that because what was the tagline they were selling us? Is it the shoes? You said, Damn, man, I can't be Michael Jordan, but I can have this piece of what he represents. The demand of his product and product with his name on it had reached a point where crimes were basically being committed. Nike, they have a responsibility in this, and they have to do something. And if nothing happens, we'll see more cases like this. You'll see more mothers and fathers like me. The real problem is they don't want to address it in a meaningful way. If the Air Jordans are in the image of Michael Jordan, shouldn't he have some say about what's going on? I am in no way, shape, or form blaming Nike for my son's death, but they can say something. One Man in His Shoes, out now in selected cinemas and on VOD from October 26th. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've had a few uh, more Instagram messages coming, Josh. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Maximus Beardicus. 
Um, I imagine he's got a big beard. Sometimes I put movies on that are in Spanish, and when my kids get really confused and ask why they can't understand it, I tell them they're just tired and should probably take a nap. Then when they wake up from the nap, I put the same movie on in English, and they think they're all better. (laughs) That is evil. That is astonishing. (laughs) That is mental, isn't it? But that means if they ever go to Spain on holiday, they're just going to think they're really tired. (laughs) Dora Explorer is going to be a weird one for them. Little flashes of it now and again. Used to I used to write on that, mate. What? You used to write Dora the Explorer? I used to write the magazines. Really? How has this never come up before? It has. Oh, it's come up in my life, but uh, you it's not... Sneak in, like, rude stuff for a laugh? Like, no, 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 no. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the uh, I didn't have enough power. There's there, there quite a lot of levels above me at, um, at the publisher and at Nickelodeon. So, really, when I say I used to write it, that implies a creativity that was probably quite missing. You were told to write a story about this or that. You'd, you'd basically watch the the, the episode... Yeah. And then you'd have to kind of turn it into a story for the magazine. Oh, right. Okay. So he was adapting like sort of great, you know, like Oscars, best adaptation. Exactly. exactly. A very similar situation. In the same way Jurassic Park was originally a book before it was a movie. No, it weren't. (laughs) Was it? Yeah. Oh, you'd have to do so much imagining of those dinosaurs in that book. That's a lot of, that's putting a lot on the reader, isn't it? <laughs> I think that one think? of the things with books is you do have to do a lot of imagining, right? <laughs> yeah, so, no, but that, that's imagine. too much imagining. <laughs> like, if, like Ring, Bridget Jones, not much imagining. But they they, yeah, they help you out. So they, they say, like, in the book, the book starts and it says, the main guy says, he looks a lot like Sam Neill. So you know where you are with him. <laughs> I tried to read, have I told him I tried to read East of Eden? Right, no. It's Lou's favourite book right. ever, right? And it is... So long, mate. <laughs> like the way Steinbeck describes Meadows. <laughs> it's like he was on a bet. I bet you can't get eight pages on a field. You fucking watch me. I'm like, I know what a meadow looks like, mate. I don't, you know. It's just grassy. Let's go, let's go. What's happening to them? Rob, I'm going to yeah. say it. And I hold myself 88% responsible for this. This has been. It's a very busy week for me, and I, I've shambled into this episode, and it's been our most shambling one ever. And <laughs> now I'm, uh, I'm three minutes from having to go to a meeting. I do apologise to the listeners, but I think, if anything, it was worth it to hear that Rob has tried to read East of Eden and there was too much stuff about Meadows. Oh, we've got to go now, then, because you're busy, Josh. Is that what's happening? I'm sorry. Unbelievable, this is. <laughs> 25 minutes late, leaving now for a meeting about last leg. Pointless meeting. Pointless. What day is it? Was it Wednesday? All the news will change by Friday. Just turn up on Friday. You don't write anything, do you? You just make it up on the spot, don't you? Well, certainly for this episode, I made it up on the spot. And I think you can see that it did need a bit more writing. Fair enough. All right, then we'll crack on with that. And if it's not hilarious on Friday, all the listeners will be furious with you. They um, will be. But well, let's do it. We'll do a proper long, we'll do a proper, proper long one next time. Proper um, long one next time. Um, thank you for everyone for your... Um, for your correspondence, it's just been, yeah. you know, it's really built built the backbone for this episode. Oh, I can it, tell you that. I love I love hearing from the listeners. Also, as well, if you have got a bit of extra time on your hands now, this episode's short, I can recommend uh, Chapter 8 of East of Eden if you want some meadows explained. <laughs> um, right. right, see you next time. You made it to Chapter 8. Well done, mate. <laughs> I'll see you on Tuesday. Right, bye. Bye.